This podcast deals with adult content, such as extreme themes of graphic nature, which could be difficult for sensitive listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I feel yeah. bad for them. Are we fucking recording? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can cut this out. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it. Hi, I'm Angela. <laughs> Hi, I'm Claire. And welcome to Love Island Chat. The seconds before. <laughs> yeah, for your weekly dose of murder and Love Island. <laughs> oh, but it's so freaking good. Oh, I love it. I, I love am it. hooked every morning, the moment I wake up pop in my earphones and listen to the podcast while I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> so I haven't listened to the podcast because I've missed last night. So I feel completely behind, but it'll be fine. Oh, you're it'll way be behind, man. It's oh, so it legit. I'm, I know. I can't stand how much I'm into this. It's kind of pathetic. <laughs> well, the problem is I sat at work until gone eight last night finishing my case. Wow. So, because I knew if I came home, I'd just get distracted and not want to do it. Yeah. I was like, fuck it. Everybody will go. I can write. It'll be good. Um, So, by the time I got home, it was... Uh, I went and grabbed something to eat on the way home. It was like half nine when I got in. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, so I just got straight into bed and went to sleep. I was oh, like, no it. wonder why you were missing from the chat. Yeah, I know. I felt... I and I kept like not looking just in case something somebody told me something. Honestly, we didn't we didn't spend it a was lot quite of quiet last night. Yeah, though. we were all in the thread. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was funny. I I will be. I will hopefully be there tonight. Yeah, get on it. It's been get so much it. fun. I I am so hooked. I have never ever ever been this hooked to a reality series in my life. So last year I got hooked. But um, I used it as an opportunity as me and my ex were splitting up to just dig him out constantly. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so just talking about how wonderful Jack and Danny were, talking about how Adam was an absolute <gasps> arsehole and the, the way he treated I um, think Rosie I remember you terrible. doing that. Yeah, I was like, he's proper gaslighting her and her, making her look like she's the fucking nutter and like giving him eyeballs the entire time. <laughs> yes, I remember you telling me you were doing that. Okay, it's coming back to me. It was so much fun. <laughs> but the thing is also at the same time, it's really quite eye-opening if you're having a similar situation at that moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it really is. It's quite helpful. It, it was, yeah, it was my favourite thing to do. And then... I didn't really watch properly before, but now I'm big hooked. And because we're all watching it and all talking about it. I know. That's the best part, I find. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Even Dean has a group chat now. (gasps) Yeah! (laughs) That's hilarious. I shit you not. With people from work. I was like, this is my point. Like, it's... This is I know people judge it for being, you know, vacuous and whatever. Oh, it's very vacuous. but, but it's, it's, a, kind it's of like, like a water ch- experience. Yes, it, it really is. That's it. I was telling yeah. um, Mr. P about that. He was like, well, that's great that you had that. Although he keeps making fun of me for like watching Love Island. But <laughs> if something happens, I'll come up and tell him and he'll start laughing. And he's enjoying yeah. it. He's getting secondhand enjoyment. <laughs> exactly. I forced Dean to watch one and then he like messaged me. and was like, I hate myself, but I'm really intrigued. And then he watched the second one. He's like, okay, I'm hooked. I was like, yes. Right. Right, Alan. This, thank <laughs> God. Because otherwise he's only going to whinge when he's here. And I don't care for that one. I'm watching Love Island. Exactly. So. Exactly. He's, Mr. P's got his thing. He's playing Diablo on his PC. 
That's yeah. my thing. And then afterwards, you just come to bed. You know? Exactly. It's fantastic. Delightful. Exactly. Well, we should probably stop talking Love Island and actually do some murder. Oh, we have to do survivor murder first. We do have to do survivor murder. What are we on? I believe it's survivor. survivor. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. God, for once we both <laughs> remember. I know. <laughs> but I have a great survive. Oh, let's hear it. So, you see my jazzy new mic stand with its heavy endurance i'm so jealous i need something like clamp. that yes you have to get one it is the best thing in the world plus i feel a bit like kylie renogue <laughs> <laughs> well, that, well if that's the case i want to be madonna i want to get one that hooks yeah. up to my face oh yes <laughs> It's super cool. I get the cone bras but, as well. <laughs> I do it. I was ta- although I've taken my bra off because I'm in bed. Duh. Same. And <laughs> I took I took a selfie with me with my mic and my headphones on, looking like a pro. And I was like, oh shit, my tits look like they're round by my belly button, <laughs> pulling up the duvet. <laughs> That's the problem when you've got massive breasts. Oh, yeah. it's, such a, it's so irritating. It's an inconvenience. I know. So they could be a weapon. It they, survival. Yeah, for real. I, Yours are, even though I've got big boobs, yours are bigger than mine. They're you could definitely knock now. some, you could suffocate someone. I feel sorry for I really Dean. Did. I've threatened to. <laughs> I have threatened to suffocate him with said breasts. He thinks it would be delightful though. Here's the thing. I almost did that by accident to Mr. P. Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I can't breathe. I'm like, geez, sorry. <laughs> Calm down. They're not, I, I know they're Man <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> oh, I'm so going to tell him. Guess what Claire said? <laughs> oh, I think suffocation doesn't matter even if it's by tits, ass, or puss. It's not, it's not going to be fun. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think there are worse ways to go as a man. Let's be frank. Or at least that's what Dean tells me. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> He's just talking shit to get me into bed. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. At least you're getting into bed. Well, yeah, that's true. That is true. He should think himself lucky, frankly. <laughs> Frankfully? What? Frankfully. Frank- that's our new sign-off. <laughs> Have a frankful day. Fuck it out. Lost the plot. I'm too distracted with my shiny mic. Mm. But no, I could use it as a, as a survival weapon. Somebody creeps in, I yank this motherfucker. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not the heaviest duty, but it's got some sharp edges, and I reckon... It sounds like you're still talking about your tits. (laughs) Sadly, there are no sharp edges on those. Oh, shit. No, super soft ones like marshmallows. (laughs) I was literally about to say like marshmallows. (laughs) They both melt in your mouth. God, I hope this is not the episode where people from work decide to listen. Oh, man, that would be the worst. Sorry, people. They'll live. Um, (laughs) But no, the mic stand, I could smack them over the head. and I mean, I say run, stumble out of the house if a home invasion was to happen. I think that's my weapon of choice this week. That would totally work, yeah. It would so work. And it's right by my bed, so I could just reach for it and pow. Fabulous. Well done. Yes. Thanks. And that's kind of annoying because I was kind of going to do something similar. Oh, no. That's okay. Well, I was going to say because 
I've got my mic right in my hands, right? Ah, nice. Because I'm just holding it up, kind of like a rock star. Like Madonna. Uh, like Madonna. Um, I take it and just chuck it at their heads. <laughs> yes. Do you know, I was just thinking, I love how we've both chosen 80s pop stars. <laughs> Have we? And we're, and we're showing our age. Like, Who did you rather than Rather than going, I say Kylie Minogue. Oh my God, you going, did? <laughs> yeah. Instead of going for fucking, I don't know, Sean Beyonce. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Fuck's sake. Oh, anyway, we're, <laughs> no, we're, we're, Mike murders. <laughs> oh my god, that's what we'll be. That's what we'll be known for. The Mike Agreed. murders, fabulous. Yeah. Love it. Alrighty. <laughs> oh, that's cracked me up and loosened me up enough. Shall we get into actual murders? We could get into actual murders, but I'll warn you, this is fucking depressing. Oh Sorry. no. Oh yeah. Ta, 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 ta. Okay. So, I'm just going to go straight in. Okay. I cracked my knuckles then. I don't know if that's I heard that. I no, heard that. I did. I, <laughs> I like... proper did the whole arm stretch, crack the knuckles. Like <laughs> I was wondering what the hell that was. I thought maybe like you cracked open a pack of crisps or something. <laughs> oh, no, I wish. Although, because I got home late mm-hmm. from being at the show, I all I've had for dinner is a fucking shitty pot noodle that no! I have forced down my throat. But we had, we had um, Indian. Oh, I'm so full. <laughs> I'm so jealous. It's not fair. <laughs> and <laughs> just completely off topic, but relating to eating tons of food, somebody mm. told me that I'm looking really slim lately. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're looking fantastic. You're looking so tiny. <laughs> I'm like, what? Hey, hey. <laughs> Take it where you can get it. I say nobody's called me told me that I looked slim in about six years. Well, no, wait, here's the thing. So I had like this massive thing of Indian for dinner. For lunch, mm. I said to Mr. B, watch me eat this entire foot long subway. <laughs> 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 so to get that compliment, I was just cracking up. Nice. Oh. I love it. Looking more like about eight months pregnant these days. I've got to stop fucking eating. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Back to murder and less about my uh, incontrollable eating habits. So, Sunday the 4th of August 2002 was a warm, sunny summer's day. Best friends Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were both at the Wells home in Cambridgeshire where Holly's parents were holding a family barbecue. The pair, who were both avid Manchester United supporters, decided to both wear their Manchester United shirts. Holly's mother, Nicola, decided that she'd take a photo of the girls in their matching outfits. This would be the last photo of the girls alive and one of the most recognisable photographs to ever hit the UK tabloid. Oh, shit. At around 5.45pm that evening, the girls, who were bored at the barbecue, decided to sneak into town and buy a sweet. Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were never seen again. How old were they? 13? 10. Oh, oh, in 2002. Yeah. Oh, ah. Uh, they were 10 years 17 old. years ago. I guess even back then, parents were loosey-goosey with their kids. Well, to be fair, the parents didn't know. Oh. They sneaked out. Good point. Yeah. So, this is the Sower Murders. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm iffy about doing this. Really? Why is that? Because I feel like it's such a 
high profile case and there's still a lot of feeling about it but nonetheless i will continue yes please do at about 8 p.m that evening holly's mother went to check on the girls in holly's bedroom once she'd realized that the girls weren't in the house she had checked the garden the nearby streets checked the house again she called Holly's mobile phone repeatedly, but it had been turned off. She started calling friends and family to locate the missing girls and called Jessica's parents as well mm-hmm. um, to try and figure out if maybe they'd gone there. By half past nine-ish that evening, they decided to call the police. Wow. The police took action really quickly and a local search team of residents and the police took to the streets that evening to look for the girls that's very good actually really good that's fantastic response time actually i mean the parents said that it's completely out of character for them to just disappear but you you hear so many parents say that and still the police don't but that's it you would think that that would normally bolster the effect of parent of um police officers jumping to action but that doesn't necessarily mean it will well and this is the problem you know it really does seem to be on a case-by-case basis and down to the the different police uh, departments yeah and how they operate and who heads it as well yeah however we won't 100 percent praise the investigation just yet it gets uh salacious shall we say so news of the girl's disappearance quickly went national and it featured on all the main news channels and it was front page of most of the uk's newspapers it was your typical tabloid dream Oh, gosh, two sweet little girls at the age of 10 gone missing. It certainly would, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Two young, pretty, white blonde village girls. One was blonde, one was brunette. Mm. And young as well. That's, that's the thing. They're 10, you know? Oh, I <sighs> think I know this one. You should know this one. Was this it's on MFM huge. at one point? Oh, I don't know. Not that I necessarily recall, but it could have been. Because this is UK. So... I, if it ends the way I think it is, it... Oh, wait, it may not have been them. I listened to so many <laughs> true crime podcasts. <laughs> okay, it's possible I know this. It's possible I don't. But I'm interested. Well, I'm here for this. I will say our UK listeners will absolutely know this case. Mm. I remember this happening... As if it was yesterday. Yeah, because I wasn't here in 2002 yet, right? It was still yeah, five more years yeah. before I even stepped foot on this yeah. land. It was huge. Mm. By Tuesday, the 6th of August, the girls' favourite footballer, David Beckham, had made a public appeal for the girls to go home, saying, please go home. You are not in any kind of trouble. Your parents love you deeply and want you back. David Beckham? So, yeah, so that's Was how he in Manchester or something? Was. Yeah, he was at okay. Manchester United. That explains he, it then. This, this was in the peak of his football career. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. I know nothing about him. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I just know that he was a beautiful man. All Even now, all I know about him is he's got a surprisingly high-pitched voice. He has. 
but he is like a fine wine. He just gets better and better with age. Do you like, think so? I don't yeah. Know. Maybe it's because I've never been attracted to him. Mm. I I look back now and think, how was I ever attracted to him as a teenager? Because he just looked like a spotty adolescent. Yes. Yes. But now the crinkles and the little glint in his eye. and oh. But even in his interviews, he's a bit of an airhead. Oh, God, for sure. I don't, trust me, I don't want to marry him, but I'd like to look at his face. Yeah, a lot. but I can't even have a, a wet dream about a guy who's an airhead. <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes a desert down there. Oh, I don't know. Tom, Tommy Fury, I'd sit on his face any day of the week, just saying. No, no, I can't. I'm still, he bores me. Mm. I'll, 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 he, he can't talk while I'm doing that, so that's fine. Good point. <laughs> All I hear is <laughs> <laughs> Oh my <laughs> That's raunchy. Oh. Mm, yeah, right. I probably shouldn't have said that <laughs> on here. Anyway. Yes, because it's gonna go to Tommy Fury's ears. She's gonna be like, oh my oh. god, these chicks are talking about me. <laughs> he might wish to partake. And then <laughs> I think he'd rather go to the moon and back. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I'll have you know it, it is a privilege given to the few and not the many. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> oh. oh, anyway, so <laughs> I need to I need to get my sensible head on and yes, stop thinking please. about Tommy Fury. Put the proper hat on. <laughs> no, give me <clears throat> Curtis. Oh, love him. Curtis, I love, but he's definitely gay. You know what? I don't care. I'll. St- <laughs> I, I, I want to be his him. mate. Don't get me wrong. I want to be his like gal pal. I want everything about him. Like even, but I don't want to fuck him. I do. Really? I really do. It's he's sweet and he's lovely and the way he was. Oh, I, oh, Matt, I died no, for him. I want a guy who's gonna. Oh, sounds awful. Like throw me around a bit, a bit of rough and tumble, and I don't, I don't feel like Curtis is gonna do that I, for me. I think good. I think he's a devil in bed. Mm. We'll see. We'll wait to hear back from the Do Bits Society. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I could uh, do some dirty things to Curtis. I, lo- <laughs> I love a tender and sweet man who's supportive. He, Personality-wise, he is a dream. Looks-wise, he's the dream. Oh. I just, he's not very rugged. I don't need a rugged man. I, yeah, I, need I like to, a rugged see, man. See, he's cheesy and he makes me laugh. And for me, that's my biggest turn yeah, on. Yeah, that it's is true. literally nothing about yeah. um, looks. That's why I don't go for Tommy. Yeah. Although see, he does have those dreamy eyes. He, oh, those eyes. I think that's what it is. I think he's a master hypnotist. Yes, that's all with those eyes. And probably yeah. the tongue, too. Oh. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay, we need to get back on track. How the yeah. hell did we deviate so far? I don't know how we got here. <laughs> Apologies, people. Uh, so, right, sensible. Come on, we can do this. Making use of the media coverage, the police released CCTV footage of the girls from the day that they had disappeared. And almost a week after their disappearance, on the 10th of August, the police reconstructed the girls' last movements using young actresses wearing the same Man United shirts they wore on the day. Oh. 
This was to help tr the public try and recall anything of significance they may have seen on the day that the girls disappeared. I understand the significance of reenactments, but it must kill the family. Oh, for sure. It's not pleasant no, at all. No, it wouldn't be. It really isn't. The parents of both girls made numerous public appeals for the girls to come home and requested any information which could help locate their missing daughters. There were a ton of sightings reported, and especially when the news had gone so national. Apparently, there was even a call for like young girls not to wear the Man United football shirts because people would... Oh, yeah, they would, wouldn't they? they? Would, yeah, when, yeah. When people are desperate, they zone in on anything. Well, and this it's like when Madeleine McCann went missing. Yeah. Um, you know, any any blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl... Well, yeah, people are saying they're still seeing assumed. her in Australia too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So uh, people people want to see it, yeah. don't they? Oh, that, definitely, the definitely. So among these sightings... The local school, secondary school caretaker, Ian Huntley, came forward and he claimed to have seen the girls the evening that they disappeared. Oh, I think I do know this. Mm -hmm. He had <laughs> claimed that the girls had walked past his house while he was out grooming his pet dog on the front lawn. He told the police the girls had asked after his girlfriend, Maxine Carr, who was a teaching assistant at their school. He said that they had chatted for a while but Polly and Jessica soon went on their way. So how far away was he living in relation to their house? I'm not 100% sure. Mm. I get the impression that it, that it was on their way back from the shop, but I couldn't get a location. Mm. It sounds quite a small town yeah. slash village, so I, I can't imagine it could have been all that far away. Yeah, not a hundred percent sure. Ian Huntley soon made himself a central part of the case. He had made himself publicly known as one of the last people to have seen Holly and Jessica alive, and featured in a fuck ton of press interviews. Anything you look for on this case, you will see his face banging on and on to the press. Really, he inserted himself in this investigation. Almost immediately. Oh, you know what? I've heard many people mention about things like this before. You know, they yeah. pretend to offer help, but really it's to um to find out how far into the investigation it really is. Exactly. Oh, no. So the police wanted to eliminate Huntley as a suspect, and as such, they searched his home and the school where he worked but they found nothing to link him to the girls. Wow. Now, the police had actually set up their control station, is that what you would call it? That secondary school. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Ian Huntley was able to get access very easily to the police. Oh, no. Um, he was asking them loads of questions about the investigation. They actually he answered him? I, that I'm not 100% sure. He he was being, I don't think he was being 100% detailed. So he asked them more about processes such as how long DNA would stay on something. Oh my God. Like that. That's... But as, as well as that, 
he's setting up the chairs at the police press releases and you know he's oh, always he's there. there all the time kind of like the command center and that's his cover yeah. yeah wow his interest in the case did attract the attention of the police because of all of these questions and stuff well, at least and that's they good. decided yeah well it was further into the investigation than it probably should have been oh shit that's not good no i mean i'm not talking weeks and months mm. it's a number of days but uh, of course there are two girls missing and time is absolutely of the essence good point so yeah they undertook another search of his property and the school and on that same day so this is the 16th of august so this is 12 days later wow both Ian Huntley and his girlfriend, Maxine Carr, were questioned by the police. Now, during the search, police had managed to gain access to a storage shed that Huntley had previously claimed he didn't have the keys to. So the police just kind of didn't really think anything of it. Mm. They just searched everywhere else. But during the second search, they found the keys to this shed in Ian Huntley's home. Oh, in the shed in his home or the sh- the shed key, the school shed keys oh. were in Huntley's home. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sakes. When they searched the shed, they found charred remains of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman's Manchester United football shirts. Oh no. Yeah. Shit. The evidence against Ian Huntley was building and some of this evidence didn't come out until trial but i'm going to bring it up now just his fingerprints were found on the bin liner that the girls burned shirts were inside in the bin liner yeah so they were they were shirts were in a bin bag in a bin and when they searched those they found them and his fingerprint was found on that bin liner yeah that makes Um, sense at trial it also came out that fibres from those shirts were also found inside Ian Huntley's house and on one of his boots. The police had also discovered that Holly's mobile phone had sent a goodbye signal when it had turned off. What the hell is a goodbye signal? So you know when your phone pings, where depending on where you are when you're making a call or whatever... When you turn your phone off, I don't know if it's still true now, but back then when you turned your phone off, it would send out a ping as a, as a goodbye signal to turn itself off. Okay. Th- yeah, so as hmm. you would turn it off, it would ping to a mask, basically. Okay. They managed to trace that to a location incredibly close to Ian Huntley's house. Oh, my. Now... Maxine Carr, she had claimed that she had been with Ian Huntley that weekend. However, a number of witnesses came forward stating that she had actually been in Grimsby visiting family and had been seen out drunk in town with friends. Oh, so yeah, she'd she'd even claimed that she had cooked him lunch <gasps> and went into detail about what she'd made and oh all my of this god. Stuff. So not only so extremely false alibi. 
but yeah. it's but clearly easily corroborated that it's not true. What is wrong exactly. with her? Why? Exactly. How far into it was she that she knew that? Well, their relationship was absolutely not normal. Oh, really? So yeah, I think <clears throat> the 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 balance between the two. I, I'll I'll go into it a little bit more. All right, but. How much say she had in giving the alibi is debatable. Oh. Um, but when these people came forward, his alibi was... Alibi? Alibi. <laughs> alibi. Was destroyed. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> on the 17th of August, 2002, Ian Huntley was arrested on suspicion of the abduction and murder of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. Maxine Carr was also arrested on suspicion of their murder, but not their abduction. That was the day after they were initially questioned. Right. That same day, on the 17th of August, the partially burned bodies of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were found in a ditch near the perimeter fence of RAF Lakenheath in Suffolk. Oh, my goodness. About, yeah. By a local gamekeeper called Heath Pryor. Oh. Now, this is about 12 miles away from Soham. Oh. And apparently it's on the way to Ian Huntley's father's house. Oh, shit. And also a location where he had pre- he, he knew because he'd previously been plane spotting there. What the hell so, is that? Plane spotting. Yeah. Oh my god, you're in. It's where people look at planes and write down the numbers of the planes and put them in their little notebook, <laughs> and then. Are you serious? I'm deadly serious. <laughs> plane spotting. They do it with trains as well. <laughs> is that what train spotting is? <laughs> uh, that's not what train spotting. <laughs> <laughs> well, <you> said, <laughs> plane spotting. I thought it had to do with like. I thought it had to do with like cocaine or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, okay it's, then. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not going to hate on anybody for their um hobby. Their hobby, yeah. Let's just say it's not for me. Hmm. No, I. Th- and most people that do it tend to be really fucking dull. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, they are. In my experience, at least, I had an ex-boyfriend who was a train spotter. I found out, and I explained an awful lot about him. Let's just put it that way. I bet Tommy Fury <laughs> is a plane spotter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheap shot! Here we go. That was a cheap shot. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh. So by this point, the girls had been missing for thirteen days. And the police stated their bodies were severely decomposed and partially skeletonized, which is just They would have had animals going at them as well. Yeah, just... And it was summer (gasps) in the UK, you know? Basically just melting their body, just Just, decomposing at an increased rate. Yeah, absolutely awful. So an inquest into the girls' death established it was highly unlikely that the girls had died at the um, RAF base. Right. 
and it was therefore most probable that the girls were murdered somewhere else and their bodies had been placed there afterwards. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Those kinds of places, the security and stuff, although that said they got managed to, they managed to be left there, so... But that's it. But that's another reason why I don't think they could have been murdered there. Because surely they would have been spotted at a military base. You would think so. Autopsy reports on the girls listed their probable cause of death as asphyxiation. That's a hard word to say. Asphyxiation? Asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Um, Those poor children. But unfortunately, their bodies were too badly decomposed to establish whether or not they'd suffered any sexual assault. Oh no. So we don't know. But we can probably surmise if, it. If that happened. Well so let's look at Ian Huntley. Mm-hmm. He was born in nineteen seventy four in Grimsby. Oh, horrible place. <laughs> um it's so grim sorry. Oh. <laughs> I don't think anybody who listens comes from Grimsby so it's fine and he had he had quite an unsettled time at school he was bullied regularly it was just a bit shit you know Mm -hmm. he he changed to a different school all of that once he'd left school he started working very quickly just wanted to earn money and at the age of 20 he got married after a very quick romance yeah that's quick age of 20 and you're married Although, I say that, I think even still in the 80s and early 90s, people still did that. I guess so. I mean, I was not, married not, at the I'm, age of 24. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Well past it. Outpast <laughs> <you>, me. <laughs> um, unsurprisingly, Huntley's marriage only lasted a couple of months. Right. However, this was because Ian Huntley became incredibly violent and controlling of really? his wife. Oh. oh, people, that never works. No, it never works. And as a little weird side thing to this, when this girl, who apparently is called Claire. Yeah. Oh, yikes. Yeah, she... When they split up, she actually ended up marrying Ian Huntley's brother. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, of course, this didn't go down well with Ian Huntley. And he became quite depressed about the whole situation. And that's only for somebody who's already violent and Oh, yeah, it'll kind of push them over the edge a wee bit. Yeah, Absolutely. So he started getting involved with a number of young girls aged between anywhere between 11 Ooh. and 19. So he was acting out like a pedophile. He is a pedophile, for sure. He was alleged to have had sex with numerous underage girls who oh. he would regularly become violent with. How was he not stopped if this was regularly known? insufficient evidence (sighs) and he's very controlling over these girls and likely threatening them that if any if they say anything it's not going to go well for them yeah i guess so he 
was also accused of a number of rapes and indecent assault. He he was charged with the rape of a 17-year-old girl in 1999. However, this case was dropped due to insufficient evidence. <sighs> yeah. So, a string of sexual offences and a stream of paedophilic acts. Would you say call it paedoph- paedophilic? I would just say acts of pedophilia. Yes, that's far more eloquent. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he's just, just a monster. Clearly. And... Shortly after this time, Ian Huntley met Maxine Carr and they began their relationship. But again, this became very volatile very quickly. Ian Huntley and Maxine Carr moved to Soham in 2001 and Carr got a job as a teaching assistant at the local primary school, the school that Holly and Jessica both attended. Um, are and... they supposed to do criminal? Um, yeah. Ah, we'll get there. Don't worry. Uh-uh. But Maxine Carr, in fairness, she has not, that we know of, committed any crimes. So but for her she to work has. in the school, no, she hasn't. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. At this point, all right. She hasn't. At this point, she, as far as we know, she's got a clean record. Uh-huh. Ian Huntley, however, became caretaker at the Soham Village College, which was the local secondary school. Mm. Now, those questions that you're asking have been raised all over the place. Okay. And I will discuss this in a bit more detail later on. Because he was never actually convicted... Oh, my God. Basically, he has no record. He... Yeah. Fuck's sake. So... This is how we protect our children, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it, it's incredible. The day of the murders, it is believed that Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were lured into the house by Ian Huntley after he had apparently had like a raging row with Maxine Carr on the phone. Oh my god! And a lot of people have said that he was he was angry and he saw the girls and he took the opportunity and the worst thing happened. It said that he murdered the girls in the bathroom of his house. Oh, my God. Formal charges were placed against the pair and Maxine Carr's charges were actually reduced to assisting an offender and conspiring to obstruct the course of justice for providing Huntley's false alibi. Mm. Huntley was formally charged with two counts of murder and he was sectioned under the Mental Health Act at Rampton Hospital pending a hearing to establish if he was fit for trial. Now. His mental state was assessed by Dr. Christopher Clark, who in court stated, Although Mr. Huntley made clear attempts to appear insane, I have no doubt that the man currently and at the time of the murder was both physically and mentally sound, and therefore, if he is found guilty, carried out the murder totally aware of his actions. Oh, and glad he saw through it. Yeah, well, how could you not? The man has been all over the media talking about what happened. He's been involved with the police. Oh, yeah. You know, good point, good point. That is not what somebody who is criminally insane no, no. would do. He's right in the fray. He's right in yeah. the thick of it. And he's loving it. Oh, yeah. And I watched um, a documentary about this, which had, oh, my girl, Kerry, Kerry Danes, is it? The girl who wrote the... 
Dark Side of the Mind book. She's my oh, new girl crush. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Oh, that, that book is amazing. She is amazing. I think I, I downloaded that, didn't I? You must listen to it. I will say, warnings for all the triggers, but it's incredible, and she's an incredible woman. And she was presenting this documentary, and she she said that a lot of the time, the reason why these people get involved is because it brings back the excitement that they felt when they were committing the murder. That's creepy. Isn't it? You know? And if it's a sexual thing, it sexually excites them too. And it's just like, you absolute fucking creep. You are... That is... Disgusting. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's it's scary when you think about it like that. When you actually think about the the psychology of it, Mm -hmm. it's terrifying. Ian Huntley's trial began at the Old Bailey on the 5th of November 2003. The families of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman were present for the duration of the trial. Press coverage was intense and many news outlets broadcast daily coverage of the trial. The The case had captured the attention of the nation. Like, literally, you can go back now and you can still see on the BBC website daily reports of each day in court. Is it? Wow. Yeah. So much. Um, During the trial, Huntley testified in his own defence. (laughs) I mean. Oh, smart move, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He eventually admitted that the girls had died in his house and said that he had led the girls to his bathroom to tend to a nosebleed that Holly had started to have. This this is preposterous. So, so he says died, but not that he killed them. He claims to have accidentally knocked Holly backwards into the bathtub, which was half filled with water. He then said that Jessica began screaming, and in an effort to keep her quiet, put his hands over her mouth, and in the process, accidentally suffocated her. What? Yeah. But suffocation takes like five minutes. Well, exactly. He's just full of shit. He said that he then looked at Holly in the bathtub and realised that she was also dead. By what? Holding her down then? And then that accidentally done it? Claiming that she had accidentally drowned in his bathtub. Okay. So, yeah, the the prosecutor on the case, Richard Latham QC, countered this testimony, and it w- wasn't exactly hard to do, saying that it was not possible for Holly to have drowned in six to eight inches of bathwater when two other people, that's Jessica and Ian Huntley, were within arm's reach. And also that it would have been incredibly difficult for Jessica to have died by Huntley simply placing his hand over her mouth to quiet her. Oh, definitely. There's no oh, way. Absolutely. We've all done that to somebody at one point. Yeah, exactly. Latham went on to suggest that he and Ian Huntley had, in fact, a sexual motive for murdering the girls. Although, as the I said before, with the autopsy, there was no evidence be able to demonstrate this in court. In further testimony, Ian Huntley told of how he tried to conceal the truth of what he'd done from his family, 
Maxine Carr and the police because of the shame and fear of not being believed. Yet, <laughs> he still has the absolute audacity to, right, get this. He sought out and consoled Holly's father <gasps> after the girl's disappearance. Oh, man, he was definitely getting some sort of satisfaction from that. Absolutely. As well as being an active member of the search party and all of those television interviews, he was reveling. He was loving it. it. Oh, my goodness. He's one of the sickest (laughs) people I think I've covered. Clearly. Like, genuinely. Wow. After five days of deliberation, the jury rejected Huntley's claims that the girl had had died accidentally, and on the 17th of December 2003, they returned a majority verdict. Now, notice I say majority, not... Yep, uh, not unanimous. No, not unanimous. Uh, that's the word. I'm glad you said that. Thank you. I completely <laughs> fucking forgot it. <laughs> um, and they found him guilty on both counts of murder. Well, that's good, at least. But again, yeah. like you said, majority and not unanimous. Yeah. Apparently, I think, I think it was like 11 to 1 or something like that. Oh, oh how did this? Oh. Who knows? Who okay. knows? Huntley was sentenced to life in prison, but his minimum term was going to be decided by the Lord Chief Justice at a later date. Maxine Carr, she had testified at the trial of Ian Huntley as well. Mm-hmm. Um, She was cleared of assisting an offender did she but she was found but did she not know anything at all then so she claimed from what i read so i don't have the sources directly in front of me so mm. i might be a little hazy but she claimed that the only reason she had provided an alibi was because she genuinely believed that huntley didn't do it but the you give an alibi when it's true. Don't yeah. lie about it. Yeah. Now you've put yourself in a position to be in jail. Well, apparently she was worried that if she did... so, And this is the thing. There's like multiple excuses and reasons for doing it. Yeah. What you believe is, you know, anybody's guess. But she'd said... She'd also said that she thought that if she gave him the alibi, the police wouldn't find out about... Huntley's previous rape charge and because if they did he'd lose his job and and all of this sort of thing um but then it's later suggested that she was in fact told by Huntley to give the alibi so this is just so many it's all over the place isn't it yeah it really is so okay I I don't (laughs) struggling here so (laughs) you can tell yeah I don't know if I'm going to say something that's inappropriate and I might cut it out, but let me see what I said. Let me see say, what I say. say it, say it, I'm here for this. So, so she was cleared of assisting an offender, but she was found guilty of perverting the course of justice and jailed for three and a half years. Now, <laughs> the woman was absolutely vilified. Was she? Well, I mean, she kind uh, of helped and, with it. And this is where I... I kind of, I struggle so much because if she was genuinely in, if that relationship was as bad as the other relationships that Huntley has apparently had with women, I can believe that she was 
coerced into giving that alibi or and if not that felt like she had to give an alibi to protect herself right i'm not saying that that is what happened i don't know nobody knows the real reasons why she did what she did right of course but she's not the one who murdered these children she hindered the investigation and she oh, well, was definitely. absolutely wrong for doing that. And It's almost like 100... an accomplice, you know what I mean? Yeah, but she's held very often in a similar regard to Rose West and Myra Hindley. And oh. Those women actually murdered children. Yeah, yeah. Maxine Carr, for all of the terrible things she has done, she has not physically murdered anybody. And I just, I don't, yeah. I, I feel very conflicted right. about how I feel about her. No, I can understand that. This is not good, though. However, <laughs> after all of that. All right. <laughs> she, so after being sentenced for three and, uh, to three and a half years in prison, she was freed after five months because she had already spent 16 months on remand. Oh, wow. And she was actually given a new identity when she left prison. Really? And given police protection. Yeah, because she was one of the most hated women in Britain. Oh, I guess so. She would have gotten tons of death threats, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Lord knows where she is now. I mean, do I think that she would get herself involved with something like this again? Yeah. Highly unlikely, but you just don't know. Nope. Oh, it sounds awful because I, f- I feel like people are going to think I'm sympathising with her and I'm absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I just... The tabloids just went to town in this case. Oh. And its effects are far-reaching, as I will discuss. Yeah. Um, Ian Huntley's sentence, which was handed to him by High Court Judge Mr Justice Moses was a minimum of 40 years, which means that he cannot be released until at least 2042, when he will be 68 years old. Oh. Yeah. At the sentencing, Judge Moses said, the order I make offers little or no hope of the defendant's eventual release. So they're keeping him in as long as humanly possible. Right. However, they... They couldn't give him a whole life tariff because there was no evidence of abduction of the girls. Because they went to his house or past his house. Do you know what I mean? But it's yeah. Like Yeah, they could be just walking by and they could legitimately have only been talking to him and him just walking them into the house. But I don't, yeah. oh, I don't know. I suppose they can't prove that they those girls went in the house against their will. Yeah. Um. Apparently, he had told the girls, allegedly, cause, because Ian Huntley still has never given a reason as to why he did what he did or what truly happened. That was but, 2002 uh, and he still hasn't discussed it. No. Never, because he wants the control. Fucking asshole. Apparently, he had told the girls or led the girls to believe that Maxine Carr, who they knew from working at her school, Mm -hmm. 
was in the house. So Whoa. they probably felt a lot safer. Yeah, I guess so. Going into the house thinking she's there. If that's, again, if that's what happened. Yeah. I mean, that's what's reported. Uh, in my opinion, how can we possibly know that that's, that's true? That's true, yeah. Um. So, following Huntley's conviction, on the 18th of December 2003, the then Home Secretary, David Blunkett, announced an inquiry into the vetting system which allowed Ian Huntley a job in a secondary school. uh, Sir Michael Bishard was appointed as the chairman and this, forgive me, some of this, quite a lot of this is copied and pasted because I wanted to make sure that I had the terms absolutely correct and all because, you know, (laughs) it's inquiries and laws and and all of that shit. (laughs) So, the stated purpose for this inquiry was to urgently inquire into child protection procedures in the Humberside Police and the Cambridgeshire Constabulary in the light of the recent trial and conviction of Ian Huntley for the murder of Jessica Chapman and Holly Wells. In particular, to assess the effectiveness of the relevant intelligence-based record-keeping, the vetting practices in those forces since 1995, and information sharing with other agencies, and to report to the Home Secretary on matters of local and national relevance and make recommendations as appropriate. Mm. So this is because there was there was a fucking outcry at the fact that a paedophile who's been accused yep. of multiple sexual offences and charged with rape has managed oh and is a, apparently um done for burglary as well oh god was ever allowed to work in a fucking school or anywhere near children which is exactly what i wondered about earlier like how the hell did he get that into that position exactly the findings of the inquiry were published in june of 2004 which is about six months after it began and both humberside and cambridgeshire police forces were heavily criticized for their failings of maintaining intelligence records on Ian Huntley. Apparently, there was an added complication into the vetting procedures for Huntley, and he had applied for his job as a caretaker under the name of Ian Nixon. And I'm assuming that was a known alias, because apparently Humberside Police did not check under the name Huntley on the police computer. If they had, they reckon they'd have found the burglary charge and therefore he wouldn't have got the job or they just might not have bothered at all because they, yeah. were, they were so lax with what they were doing. It sounds like it. The report severely criticised um, the chief constable of Humberside Police, David Westwood, because he had ordered the destruction of criminal records of child abusers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, the Humberside Police Authority were supporting him, but David Blunkett used powers granted under the Police Reform Act of 2002 to order his suspension as necessary for the maintenance of public confidence of the force in question. Of course, I'd be furious if I found out that this information was being destroyed. Are you kidding me? Absolutely incredible. The suspension was 
later lifted, but Westwood had agreed to retire a year early, which is bullshit. This happens so much. Oh, take retirement, go out, you know, get your pension. Oh, excuse me. That's it. You know, I was listening to, um, I think it was the Walk Among Us podcast. Okay, yeah. And there were, it was discussing about the case over here in the UK where, um, a police officer, a man who is a part of investigations, right? Someone who's yeah. right in the thick of things had actually was blackmailing Pedigree and Heinz and Cow and Bell um, by putting razor blades, glass and baby food and puppy food. Fuck. And this was, um, it wasn't too long ago. It was like maybe around that time or something like that. I forget the, wow. the date. Um, but he was a police officer. He was an authority figure. And what did they do? They cut his pension by 70%. <sighs> fucking outrageous. Like, you're still paying the fucking yeah. bastard. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I don't know how they get away with it. Well, no, they, because there's a load of institutional corruption. Oh, yeah. Um, Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now... The chief constable of the Cambridgeshire Police, Tom Lloyd, was also criticised. Um, and this was because his force had failed to contact Humberside Police during the vetting procedure to, to doubly check what the deal was with Huntley. Yeah. And he was also criticised for being slow to cut his holiday short after the investigation into the disappearance of the girls had become the largest in the force's history. Oh, my God. So he's like, I'm on vacation. Talk to me later. Yeah. <laughs> Which is madness. Oh. The inquiry also recommended that a registration scheme for people working with children and vulnerable ad adults, such as the elderly, be put in place. Damn straight. The development... Yeah, well, fucking right. And, I mean, as an adult, I don't remember a time before it, so it's just... I find it incredible that none of this really happened properly. I know. Um, and I didn't realise, in all honesty, that this was the case that made such a difference to the, to the way that this all happened. The development of the recommendation led to the foundation of the Independent Safeguarding Authority. The report also suggested that a national system should be set up so police forces could share intelligence information mm. and that there should be a clear code of practice on record keeping by all police forces so yeah, it, it be. becomes a national thing yeah and every force is doing the same thing well they ought to absolutely there's no excuse for it anymore not with the internet and instant file sharing exactly. it's not like it's 1963 and nobody can get hold of each other except on the phone exactly or one of those you know those um <clears throat> suction tubes where they put them yeah. through that go through <laughs> this, this city that makes me think of bill and ted <laughs> <laughs> just shooting oh. down the little dude of her <laughs> oh my Right, I'm getting to the end, I yes, promise. Yes. I, this has been a long one. Mm. But since his conviction, mm. Ian Huntley has... Oh, he's been in the tabloids non-fucking-stop. Him, along with Rose West and all of that lot. Like, I bet he fucking loves it. 
everywhere. Oh, of course he fucking does. Now, like, stories about him, even in prison, are still coming out now. And apparently Whoa. in 2005, another inmate, Mark Hobson, attacked ian huntley and scolded him with boiling water oh i've had that happen to me that's not yeah fun i mean a, a pedophile and child murderer will get it in prison Let's oh yes frank. they are top targets you know? and it's not like he can go in and claim that he is somebody else or did something else because everybody knows your name everywhere. there yep yeah a prison service spokesman said, and you could tell that he was probably smirking as he said it, that due to the nature of high security prisoners, it is impossible to prevent incidents of this nature occasionally happening. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> Out of all of the people might as well be saying, it, I'm sorry. Eh, it's going to happen, you know, just deal yeah, with it. You know, that's what happens when you murder 10-year-old girls, you know? Boo-hoo. Um, and fucking deserve it as well. Oh, definitely. The problem is, Huntley alleged that the prison authorities failed in their duty of care towards him and launched a claim for £15,000 in compensation. How about 15 pence? How about suck a dick? <laughs> well, they're Absolutely. plentiful in prison. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fucking cunt. What a dick. Um, this is a pattern of behaviour in him, as you will see. Because uh, I just feel like people have to understand that not only is he a paedophile and a child murderer, but he is just... He's the worst! The, the worst. I was waiting for you to sing to me then. I was, I was <laughs> going to go, have you, have you seen um, Parks and Recreation? Where Raphael oh, goes, yeah. the worst! <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> oh, good, good. Because every time I do it now, people are like, what the fuck are you doing? I love it. It hurts it's my best soul. Thing ever. <laughs> right, Fabulous. don't get too happy. All right. Because apparently Ian Huntley was reportedly awarded £2,500 in legal aid to pursue this claim. No, what asshole gave him money? Oh, I know, right? And the SOAM MP at the time, Jim Pace, apparently he was fuming and insisted tight restrictions on the use of that money well at least that's um, kind of good i mean he's doing what he can within his power oh definitely he said the people i represent have no sympathy for him at all well you know well neither do we N not a single person does no and these injuries actually meant that ian huntley did not attend the hearing at which his sentence was given so oh poor baby yeah i know terrible right in September 2006, Ian Huntley was found un unconscious in his prison cell and thought to have taken an overdose. Oh, one less asshole. Yeah, sadly, they found him and he was subsequently held under police guard and hospital for two days before being returned to Wakefield Prison, Boo. making the front of pages of, like, all of the UK Oh, he's the loving day. it. It's just ridiculous so getting to the end 18 months later in january 2008 he moved to franklin prison which is near durham and this was no less uneventful right. shall we say of course 
March 2010, he was taken to hospital with media reports stating that his throat had been slashed by another inmate. Oh, shit. Although his... Yeah. Although his injuries were said not to be life-threatening. Oh. Terrible. What a shame. A convicted burglar, Damien Folks, who perpetrated the attack, actually went on to kill another convicted child killer in the prison named Colin Hatch. That is what you call vigilante justice. Faux shower. Now, he pleaded guilty uh, to the attempted murder of Huntley as well as manslaughter of Colin Hatch. Oh, manslaughter. Yeah. And he received a second life sentence for those two attacks. Then enter Ian Huntley, who once again applies for fucking compensation for his injuries. Oh, my God. This time he's, like, after twenty over 20 grand. What's Dude, he going to do with this money? You know, there's only so much lipstick and ramen you can purchase from the prison Ugh. commissary. It's ridiculous. Now, I have not seen since then anything about him getting a payout, whether it happened or whether it didn't, but... This talk about him suing all of these people was all over the press. And just to to bring this back, the families of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman received £11,000 <gasps> of compensation for the death of their daughters. In other words, less than what he got. Well, less than what he's trying to get, which is fucking outrageous. Well, no, if he got, now, what, 15000 Did you say 15000 Well, he's... He, He's trying to get 20. Whether he ever got that or not, I don't know. Well, what about for the first one with the boiling water? Oh, for the first one, I don't think he ever got that money. Oh, okay. He tried to get 15,000. Oh, uh, well, we're right, we're right. Yeah. But still, fuck off, dude. Oh, I know. He's absolutely fucking ridiculous. Now, there was a lot of criticism for the amount of compensation they received. But apparently it's a statutory, statutory payment. And, you know, let's be frank. You, it's disgusting that they've received such little money, but do they really want that money for that reason? No, they don't. No, it's almost blood money. Yeah. But Ian Huntley remains in prison, and no doubt he will be back in the press sometime soon. And that is the tragic, horrific, just one of the most high-profile murder cases of poor Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. Wow. Well done. Thanks. Oh, that's so fucking sad. Yeah. And he's an and ass. He really is. And even though there's so much about him in the press, the details of what really happened are so sparse. It really sounds like it. it sounds he wanted it to be all about him and he continued yeah. to make it all about him. Yeah. For sure. Wow. Horrendous. So, yeah. Wow. Well done. Thanks. So Sorry. It's, it's, it is horrible. Yeah. All oh, right. Right. So, we've got time for Idiot of the Week. Of the Week. Yeah. Which I absolutely need because I can't end this podcast feeling as miserable as I do. Well. About that. Sorry, <laughs> son of a cunt. Thankfully, this is a fun one. They're always fun, aren't they? (laughs) They're always fun. And as always, where's this person from? Give me a guess. Florida. Florida. That's right. You won a prize. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what possible prize could I have? Hmm. I think you're going to get some 
cocaine. <laughs> now, here's the thing, everyone. Chances are you have actually seen this. And I'm speaking to you, listener, that. I was going to say, because I haven't. Have you? Oh, my God. <laughs> how is that possible? It's everywhere. I haven't seen this. I've been in a bubble of Love Island <laughs> and so are murders. Oh, good point. I've been in a bubble of Love Island and murders. <laughs> <laughs> Not one murder, murders and crime. And <laughs> All right. Oh, enlighten me. All right. So Hill- Fill me with joy. So Hillsborough, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office said that two deputies pulled over a car and noticed the passenger, Fabricio Jimenez, 20, had a white powdery substance upon his nose. He'd been snacking on donuts. Let's be honest. Oh, my God. Have you ever actually had powdered donuts? Uh, yeah, they're delightful. <laughs> oh, my God. You used to be able to get it at any grocery store in Toronto. And just mm, then sometimes, depending on your package, you get it. With cinnamon sugar donuts? Oh, I'm not a fan of cinnamon. Oh, fuck, that's right. But you also get yeah. chocolate-covered ones as well. Oh, yum. Yeah, but I can get down with that. the powder and the cinnamon one? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we always bring this podcast back to food. Every fucking time. <laughs> true. That's true. Anyway, <laughs> back to Fabrizio. Well, rightfully so. The sheriff's department, the deputies did not believe Mr. Jimenez. Oh, no, it was not donuts, was it? No. (laughs) No. They swabbed his nose and the substance tested positive for cocaine. (laughs) What a silly billy. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they searched and they found in his backpack in the car, it had 250 grams of marijuana. And it's a, is that a lot? It was a big bag. Did you, That's a lot. Oh, you haven't seen the picture. It's massive. No, I'm going to look. Let me see. Plus 13 Xanax pills. Oh, my. They also found a small bag of cocaine on Jimenez himself during the search. However, and this is the best part, Jimenez says, That's not mine. <laughs> and the coke I've just seen the picture of him with powder on his nose. <laughs> also, that long nose hair sticking out. Oh, oh it's gross. Well, not only did he say that the cocaine on his person was not his, but the cocaine on his nose was not his either. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So, of course, he was arrested for possession of drugs. What and... a fall. <laughs> That is our fantastic idiot of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an absolute idiot. What a bellend. I can't, I'm looking at his picture and I'm like... <laughs> he's almost like, oh shit. <laughs> it, yeah, I'm trying to figure out whether he's like, oh. damn it, busted. Or whether he just genuinely <laughs> thinks that... Is, is he playing dumb? Or like, what? What is his angle here? <laughs> Well, it's not using his brain, clearly. No, that's for sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's fantastic. Thank goodness for him and his (laughs) wonderful powdery nose. To be fair, this week we had a plethora of idiots that I could have chosen from. Oh, I can imagine. Oh, I need me a donut now. I know, me too. Funny enough, I've said to Mr. P, Father's Day's coming up, I'm making you some homemade donuts. Yes. Mm, Yum, 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 yum. Yum. Oh. (laughs) Right. I feel like I've talked for hours. You have. So, I have. Should we wrap this up? I think so. 
Please rate, review, and subscribe, guys. Yes, Yay. that'd be lovely. Leave us a comment or whatever you like. Yeah, you can email yeah. us, murderonourmindsetgmail.com, or you can also alternatively go to Anchor FM and message us, voice message, and send yes. us a little message. That'd be lovely, please. I want to hear some sexy accents. Come on, people. I know. Everyone's got such lovely voices, though, don't yeah. they? Um, or you can, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Murder on a Minds or Murder on a Minds podcast. All of the information will be in the description each episode. So yeah. feel free to um, follow us on any one of those. Yeah, please do. Um, and did I say Patreon? Uh, no, we haven't talked about Patreon. Patreon is patreon.com slash murder on our minds. And that's where you get freebies as well as exclusive episodes and early access. And should we tell them about the new surprise? Yeah, I was going to say, if you love our Idiots of the Week, then you will love our little Patreon surprise. Yes. Starting from, I think, today, today, the release of this episode, every other week, every time we have a main case, we will have an extra idiot exclusive for you only on the Patreon. That's right. We will not discuss it here, nor will we even show you pictures on our nope. social media. It's just... For you, just you amazing me. bitches. Yeah. And actually, because we're not talking about anything that's like really depressing, they're, they're kind of a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> the one we just recorded. The one we just recorded was so much fun. It was, so, it was like we like, were, it's like we were high on cocaine. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Maybe, oh, maybe we were. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, check it out. And like, guys, you can, you can listen to that for like a pound a pound exactly one pound, one pound just for that um you know? yeah and we, and we need that money we would love love to update our what do you call the stuff materials that's not right equipment. thank you <laughs> love to update our equipment almost said materials again our yeah. equipment or help us pay for actually recording because it does cost money yeah yeah it does and if somebody breaks into my house, my new microphone arm is definitely going to get broken on their head. That's right. She'll so need to buy a brand might new need one. need backup funds for a second. Oh, yes. That's all I'm saying. That'd be lovely. So, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of it. That's enough of the begging and pleading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, guys. And we'll be back next week. Yes, it was enjoyable. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.